Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
trying to do what they can. Monica, Monica. Hey, well, I got hope. 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 We lift up those, Lord, listen to us by way of podcast. Bye, Lord. Bless every family, Lord.
2015, we're celebrating 70 years of faithful weekly broadcast. Beginning in 1945 as the Protestant Hour and continuing in 2002 as day one. Now,
determined his based, based on the gospel lessons for this Mark chapter 8, verses 31 to 38. Did you read it for you? Then he began to teach that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and scribes, and be killed three days rising. He said all, he said all this. Peter took, Peter took him aside and rebuked him. Turning, turning and looking at the disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind, Get behind me, me say, for you are you saying, saying you're not on divine things, but on human things. He called, he called the crowd, the crowd the disciples and said, and said if, anyone if anyone want to become followers, followers let them themselves and take up their cross and follow you. For those who want to save their life will lose it. Those who know their life will lose and for the sake of the gospel, Save, save it. it. For what For will what it profit to gain the whole, the whole world and their life? Indeed, Indeed what can they return from it? Those, those who are ashamed of me by my words and this adulterous and sinful generation, then the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father for the Holy Angels. So Jesus, what do you expect followers to tell and take up the cross and follow him? Uh, we look uh, we forward, look forward to, to a little, little more about, about what this means for us and your and cross purposes. purposes. Thank you for being with us. Thank you, Peter. And, and if you'd like to listen to today's program, program or read or share a transcript of a sermon, sermon, visit our website, website a1.org. Or for a free pre-determined transcript, also free at 1-888-411-881. One of, One of my all-time favorite cartoons comes from the New Yorker, New Yorker magazine. It shows, it shows two businessmen sitting in a bar, bar one clearly spotted. The unhappy, the unhappy one says to his companion, I was on the cutting edge. I pushed, pushed the envelope. envelope. I did the heavy, heavy lifting. I was rain. the rainmaker. Then suddenly, then suddenly it all crashed when I ran, when I ran out of metaphors. 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 They clearly, they clearly play a significant role in our lives, lives don't they? they? Not just, Not just as, as linguistic tools, tools but, as but as much, much more. Metaphors, metaphors shape our thinking, convey philosophy, and even, and even express theological concepts. concepts. Of course, of course metaphors, metaphors, whether it's in the interior or deep and extensive, are not simply a modern communication phenomenon. In, in fact, fact, they are really as old as human language. For example, for example we, we know that the master teacher is taught in parables, sort of extended metaphors. Beautiful, beautiful symbolic stories that provoke contemplation and challenge the status quo. Symbolic, symbolic language was prevalent in Jesus' teaching. I am the vine, I am the vine, you are the branches, I am the light, I am the light of the world. He tells and he tells us about the world of great price, wheat and the tares, tares in the house built on shifting sand. sand. Unlike, Unlike our, our businessman in the cartoon, cartoon Jesus never stands to run out of the force. So not surprisingly, so not surprisingly Across the centuries, there has arisen a dispute about metaphoric language in the Bible. Is it really justifiable to the language of the Bible metaphorically? Or does reference for the text to understand literally literally possible? It's a controversy of real importance, I think. What is conveyed in the biblical significant to us all? We do not want to miss a shred. So 
how would so you how would you understand today's text? Metaphorically, metaphorically, literally, literally. If anyone if anyone to become my followers, followers that, Jesus said, let them let deny them themselves, deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow, and follow me. me. As Steve Garnis Holmes has said, the cross, cross in Jesus' day was not a logo or a metaphor. The cross was an instrument of pain, shame, absolute loss, and death. It was a real weapon. The only way to take it up was to become its real victim. When Jesus picked up his cross, he was to set himself against the Roman Empire and the temple authorities, against the ideology of the oppressed, shackled God's people, and against everything that hindered God's kingdom to come. Picked up the cross, loved and death. Literally. But when, when the writer of Mark related to Jesus' things on the matter, matter we see that something new was living with serving and meaning and patient process. Because, because, as Jesus as told us, every one of his followers bear a cross. Then, then, will everyone of Jesus face his same cruel tragic and tragic death? Well, in Mark's day, the threat of crucifixion was there. This gospel, this gospel was being, was being written 40 or so years after Jesus' death. Conflict, Conflict was everywhere. Social, Social political, 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 religious, religious instability, instability were inescapable. Rome was Rome appointed to Caesar after Nero and Nero The temple in Jerusalem was destroyed. soon to be destroyed. While Jews were divided over between Rome or and the fledgling band of followers were caught in the Their beliefs not Fight Rome or encouraged to support it. Neighborhoods, neighborhoods were divided. Families, families were divided. It was a difficult, was a difficult desperate, and dangerous time. This line, this line from Mark's Gospel of Prosperity reminded, reminded Christ's very early band of followers of the cross's very literal potential to take life. Depending, depending on the choice that they made, indeed, it might take care of theirs. But also, but also this. By Jesus, by Jesus would have reminded, have reminded them that the, the cross offered to help them gain everything. I have a clergy, have a clergy friend who knew, knew a lot about, about crosses. Literally. Literally. As my friend, As my friend tells it, back in the 1950s, his grandfather was a grand wizard of the KKK. On more than, on more than one occasion, his grandfather had led others and burning crosses, covered property, property on the lawns. lawns. What motivated these crosses for this purpose? Hatred, hatred, animosity, animosity hostility, hostility, bitterness, bitterness ignorance. All these, all these were driving in the life of my friend's grandfather. The implementation of the cross and expressing them scarred many innocent people for life. My friend doesn't, doesn't speak much about, about the horrific theory and fact. Only a few of his close friends know of, know of this at all. At all. But knowing, but knowing something of it, one night I gathered the courage to ask him. How he had How reconciled, he had reconciled himself, himself to that portion of his family history. He smiled, he smiled quietly and responded this way. Well, well, you see, my grandfather went through a conversion experience in my life, and the cross began to play a very different role for him. It had been, it had been for him an emblem by which he spewed hatred. But one day, but one day my grandfather said, as the stories of Scripture were read in his church, the line about the cross. He realized, he realized that every cross, every cross he picked up, he had misused. He had misused. And so my, and so grandfather, my grandfather said he knelt and prayed for a little guidance on the matter. And God, and God showed, showed him what to do his, with his cross. My grandfather, my grandfather said he nailed his rage upon the cross and let it, and let die. it die there. 
And with and that, with that death, death, something, something new, new came to life within him. Then my friend, my friend went, on went on to say that that decision had made all the difference in his grandfather's life, which was, which was clear a few years later. I'd been, I'd been invited, invited to play the golf course located, located in my, my grandfather's, grandfather's hometown, my friend said. A green van from the golf club picked me up at the airport along with several friends. The driver of the van introduced himself as Carlton. He picked up the golf bags and luggage and then off to my appointment. Driving through my grandfather's and that van, and that I, told van I told my own, my own family, family history, history there, there, not the KKK part of course. The rest of the story. I even pointed out the town block where my grandfather owned a low company in pawn shops for many years. We arrived at the golf club. Carlton, the driver, walked around to the back of the van and began to unload bags one by one. Each of my golfing friends walked away. I was the only one driver of the van. When Carlton handed me my bags, he said, I knew your, I knew your grandfather. In fact, in fact after your grandfather's conversion, he was a changed man. If it weren't, if it for, weren't him, for him, many of my, many people, of my people were not hungry. He was always, he was always willing, willing to give you money if you needed it. Loaned it, loaned it to you sometimes for no interest if you were really hard up. He was a good, good Christian man. man. And, you, and you should be proud. How about, How about that? A grand wizard to a humble, to a humble Christian, Christian heart, heart serve the power of the cross. cross. If, I if I were to ask you if the cross, cross still had added to you for your life, life what would you say? Of course, of course the, cross the cross is no longer employed as the Romans used it to be but to recognize the little bit. So, so powerful, so formative it is the cross and Christian identity that it is potential to live long, doesn't it? No, in no, modern times, perhaps we could understand, understand the cross to be the place of our ultimate transformation, a place of hanging our arrogance, our rage, our bitterness, our prejudice, our greed, and then let them go. So that something more truly good, grace-filled, Christ may be resurrected. Let me ask, what do you need to own this this day? Is there something within you or around you that should be hung there? Does something in your life need God? Or something else more gracious, good, and generative? Think of hundreds and thousands of Christians who have trusted in the cross's power to change things, whether in their own hearts and souls. Or whether, or whether a change was required because of a social, social condition, a political, political injustice, or a national disgrace, let's, let's make, make no, no mistake. Such cross bearers often carry a heavy, 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 heavy load they as take they take their cross up to follow Jesus. But they, but they have done it time and again, again with sure sure and certain conviction that the potential and the, and the power, power of the cross first burst into the world when Jesus' shoulder is now, is now acceptable to every Christian. The cross, the cross is now, now permeating to grasp, grasp and enlist the transformative power, which is capable, which is capable of, making of making God's kingdom more, more fully present among us. Perhaps one of the most stirring examples of the bearing I know comes from the story of William Wilberforce. Few of us know his name, but we all see the result of his walk with Jesus and the cross. As observers of 
interpreted in reading Charles Cole's Kingdoms and Conflict. All began in 1787. London was prosperous, but industrial revolution was swinging in full gear and hired children working workdays. A significant portion of the economy was run by British ship service the British plantation industry in the West Indies. Their cargo? Human beings. Human beings. Human beings who were captured in Africa and auctioned into slavery. In these tumultuous times, when exploitation and unrest were rampant, few gave a second glance to the tragedy of black African slavery. However, Wilberforce felt the weight of his Christian convictions and could not deny them. A young politician, only 29 years old, introduced the first bill into Parliament in 1788, proposing to abolish slave trade. It was soundly defeated. So Wilberforce began a campaign with other Christian abolitionists. They distributed pamphlets. They spoke at public meetings. They circulated petitions. They, they wrote songs. They organized boycotts of slave-grown sugar. But public sentiment was not easily changed. Wilberforce was mocked in the press, humiliated in the halls of government, even challenged to a duel by one self-righteous plantation owner who felt he'd been unfairly maligned by Wilberforce's campaign to change public opinion on slavery. And yet, Wilberforce carried on unremittingly. Year after year after year, bills were proposed. Year after year after year, those bills proposed to abolish slavery were defeated. But finally, after many arduous years, Wilberforce saw the change he dreamed of. An abolition bill was again introduced in Parliament in the House of Lords and in the House of Commons. And just before the vote was called, one member rose to give a stirring tribute to William Wilberforce and his unwavering conviction to end an evil. Then the vote was taken, 16 nay and 283 yay. At last, the motion carried overwhelmingly and Wilberforce sat quietly, head bowed, tears flowing down his wrinkled face. What an impressive story. One man, one man who breathed like us, walked like us, thought and spoke and talked like us, accomplished the extraordinary because he did all those things in the company of Jesus. And while Wilberforce metaphorically shouldered his cross, all the while he hung upon it the shame of slavery until it died there. And what happened then? Freedom literally came to life. Crosses. Jesus carried one, literally. And his followers have been asked to shoulder them ever since. Does the cross play a role in your existence? To be quite honest, I don't expect many of us feel its crushing weight or bear its splinters in our hands, but if we are Christ's people, it should be something more than a vague memory and an empty metaphor. The cross, all it means, all the power it holds, all the transformation it enables, his house. So what, what did he do? He knocked, knocked down, down the walls, 
raised the roof, and rebuilt his home around that cross. Now, isn't that a wonderful metaphor? What if the cross was to our lives, to our own, to our very being? What if we lived under its shadow every day? What if it stood so near that we could pick it up whenever its power was needed? What if we were poised to hang every evil on it, every injustice on it, every hardship and pain on it, to let the cross do its work as it has for millions of people for thousands of years? Then it would be more than an empty metaphor. It would still be doing its work. And what's more, we who are the agents that employed that cross would be God's agents of transformation. We would be, metaphorically, the cutting edge, pushing the envelope, doing the heavy lifting, the rainmakers. Take up your cross and follow me, Jesus says. What greater call will we ever accept than that? Christianity, where it's not simple to do, I think it's the compelling challenge of Christianity. 
that when we see a need, we remember what Christ taught us about meeting that need, and we take up our cross when we address it. He said, in modern times, perhaps we can understand the cross to be a place of our ultimate transformation, a place to hang our arrogance, our rage, our bitterness, our prejudice, our grief, and then let them die so that something more eternally good and grace-filled and Christ-like may be resurrected. Can you help us get our minds and hearts around that a little better? What might happen in our lives if we did that? Peter, I think all of us as human beings respond to are transformed by other people who believe in us. My wife believes in me, therefore I'm to, to be a stronger human being than without believing in me. Our children step forward into greater things than the parents are believing in and affirming me. And for me, Christ's death on the cross was a statement of saying, I believe in you as a child of God. You are in you with that divine spark that they knew. And so when, when I return to that sense of the ultimate of getting your life because you believe so the way your life is so in your followers. I'm compelled to, to do that myself. But at the best days, I think it's when I remember that and then I have So I think that's, that's the amazing thing that there is someone who believes so that, strong that who believes so strong back from this joyous and beautiful life. Thank you. 
recording this program. Good inspiration.
Yeah. 
and the crowd and stood, stood and ran out of the stands for the young athlete. The microphone speaker was heard his words. Yeah, got to have the finish line. I've trained all my life for the father put his arm around his and together limped across the finish line, standing on the In John 14, Jesus promised, I will ask the father, and he will give you a new be with you forever. Think about it. In this race of life, you can't go one more step. You can't. The Holy Spirit will wrap his everlasting arms around you. He will walk with you to the finish. He will walk with you to the finish. Be still and know. In a letter addressed to the Christian the Apostle Peter wrote, Honor all men, love the brotherhood. In these, these two, two brief sentences, quotes author John Argon, we find two basic principles of democracy. Honor all men. All men. This is what the founders, what the founders of the American Republic had in mind when they declared all men are born equal. They were speaking, they were speaking in, in denial of the world idea of classic distinctions and preferment on the basis of birth. They were challenging the divine right of kings. Treat every man give every man a Keep the door open for the high and the low, and the unskilled will have equal opportunity. Where this opportunity does not exist, democracy is a shame. Love the brother. Work together for the good of all. Treat one another as a common family. You can't omit love and make it work. It simply isn't right. The law of love of nature as well as the law of God not to be subordinated to any so-called law of necessity. Democracy is primarily or elections are in charge. Democracy means we are united in a social body, live together, work together, suffer together, triumph together, perish together, in which we belong. Democracy is the conviction of the worth of ordinary people. The conviction that there will be amazing results of unlikely sources. Doors of opportunity are open wide enough to challenge and inspire all our people. He still and produced for the Presbyterian Church in the United States, closes with this book of the book of First Peter. Honor, Honor all, men. all love, love the brother. My name is Dale. I'm 19 years old. I live in United I've been in community and I found a way to do so to help the homeless in the community.
people achieve financial independence. So I don't just wear the shirt. Give, advocate, volunteer, live united. Go to liveunited.org. Oh, no. It's a picture of salvation. And answer. In him. Have you ever thought about that Noah's Ark is actually a picture of Jesus Christ? Let me explain. The Bible tells us that Noah was a picture of righteousness. I believe I'm going to actually put a picture of the Ark and preach it. I have something. Like this. There's a flood coming. Flood going to judge this world. This world.
to pay the price for all the wrong things that I committed against God and against man. I believe on the third day, by the power of God, you were raised from the dead as living proof that my trust in you tonight is not in vain. I believe that as Christ was raised from the dead, so tonight, so tonight, you are raising me from the dead. From the death of the sin, you are giving me a new life. The life of Jesus Christ. Oh God, on my testimony and the belief in my heart and according to your word, at this moment, I believe I am
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.